Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. Want to go to Greece? Together? No, seriously. How about the spring of 2023? That's right. My favorite yogi, Jose Portillo, and I are back. We are hosting our first international yoga, wellness, life coaching retreat in Greece. And you can pre-register to be one of the first people to apply. We are only taking 10 people and I would love for you to be one of them. So to stay in the know, visit www.letscreateyourfate.com and get on that list to apply. See you in Greece. There are two types of people out there. People with imposter syndrome and liars. Seriously, seriously, everybody has imposter syndrome, everybody. And we always think that we're gonna get rid of it whenever we climb the ladder or get to the next level. But really, does it ever go away? Well, I have Evelyn Webster, the CEO of SoulCycle here with me today to talk to you all about imposter syndrome and being a boss lady in what would typically be called a man's world. So Evelyn, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to have the opportunity to join you and have this chat today. I know. We've been talking about it for a little while when I, I know. saw you in Houston. Was that the fall? Yeah. Well, it was before I had ACL surgery, wasn't it? So I think it was in November. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we will get to your ACL surgery. We definitely will, for sure. <laughs> um, you were doing this tour of SoulCycle, right? Yeah, tour doing, in Texas, I doing, everywhere. I was doing my Texas tour. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. It was, it was my last trip before, um, before I had to stop traveling for a few weeks. Got it. Before, it you had to, before you had to lay low for the surgery, which... That's it. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, just thank you so much for being here. Um, SoulCycle has been a big part of my life. I've been teaching for four years with the company and so give us a little bit of background on your journey when did you start with soul what was the life like before soul so song has been a big part of my life for probably seven eight years um so for many years before i joined soul cycle i worked in media in fact i worked in media for over 30 years and uh soul cycle was my my sanctuary my escape the thing that i did to get away from you know, the stresses of um, the work day. And a few years ago, two two or three years ago, I thought, you know what? Well, I'll I'll tell you exactly what happened. I hit 50 and I thought I have long believed that I am a great general manager and I could apply my skills to another industry, another vertical, another company. And uh, I had dinner with a friend one night and and I said, I'm thinking about what my next gig might be. He said, what gives you joy? And what gives me joy was SoulCycle. And so I just happened to then read an article that said SoulCycle was in need of a new chief executive. And and two and a bit years ago, I, I, I left media um, and joined SoulCycle, which it has been both thrilling to pursue the thing that gives you joy. Yeah. Um, frustrating because we're an experienced business, right? And so to join an experienced business that's very much built on community when you actually can't be with your community has had uh, some of it, <laughs> some challenges yeah. to say the least, but it's been a, it's been a, it's, it's been an incredible time and an incredible journey. And I was right. My, my assertion years ago when I hit 50 that, you know what, I, I think I could probably transfer my skills to a different business, a different brand, a, a different industry. I was, I was right. 
Yeah, that's interesting. And I'd love to hear more about the switch from media to boutique fitness. So if you're not familiar with SoulCycle, it is one of the biggest indoor cycling fitness boutiques, and in my personal opinion, the best um, companies out there. And I mean, it's huge. We're we're global, right? That we've got studios yeah. in London. That's right. We're in the UK and we're in the States with mm-hmm. obviously aspirations to go further afield. Yeah. I, and I'm super excited to be um, a part of the team for that, too. That would be so awesome to see the company just expand. How How did you get from media to taking something that you love? Because there's so many people out there. That's actually something I hear a lot in coaching is, I, how do I do more with what I love and make it my job? So how did you, how did you make that jump? Yeah, do you know, it's so funny. Um, I, so, so I do a lot of mentoring and I'm a firm believer in paying it forward. So I, so I mentor a, a lot of executives, um, largely female, but I, you know, men and women. And, and they're often very intrigued with how I made the jump from, you know, one thing that might appear to be very different to the thing that I do today. And, and I, I say two things. One, I, I'm a CEO, right? What does it mean? It means I'm a general manager, uh, which means I believe in brands and consumer, particularly consumer-facing brands. And I believe in our potential with strong brand to do lots of things with it, i.e. to grow, you know, whether that's to go international or for us at SoulCycle, it might be, let's get off the bike, let's lean into the soul of SoulCycle, let's own a slice of our rider's day every day, let's take the soul proposition to a broader community internationally. So my ability as a general manager to identify great brands with huge uh, potential because of the connection that they have with their consumer isn't limited to any one brand that I may work on. So I used to work on InStyle or um, Fortune or Time magazine or Real Simple or Celebrity magazine, sports magazines. I used to be uh, Sports Illustrated uh, when I was over at Time Inc. My job there was taking these incredible brands that had a unparalleled connection with their consumers and I sought ways to unlock and unleash the power of those consumer connections with these incredible iconic brands. Hmm. When you think about what I envision for SoulCycle, it's precisely the same. We've got this extraordinary brand with an unparalleled connection to its consumer with the potential to be way more than we are today. And so for me, the journey, the mental journey of saying, I'm a good GM, I just used to work on this brand, and now I've got this real passion and commitment to this other brand, albeit in a different industry, mm-hmm. the discipline and the principles are exactly the same as a business leader. So I always say, oh, no, no, my, my skills are very transferable. You just need to clearly articulate, well, what are the skills that you're seeking to trans- transfer mm-hmm. to another industry? The second thing that I always say to people when I talk to them is don't box yourself in. Other people, and plenty of them, will try their very hardest to box you in. So the, the last thing you want to do is box yourself in. Yeah. And so when other people say you're not qualified, you're not, you don't have the experience, yada, yada, call BS. Like that's, that's not true. That's only true because you've said so from your perspective and, and that's not accurate. So, so I always say challenge wow. that assertion. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's, that's good. Because I think that also plays a part in imposter syndrome, right? If I, let's say I'm, I'm, I, I hear a lot of times people are stuck in jobs that they don't like, 
But seeing what they want seems so far away because they haven't made that connection, right? Of, That's right. Well, these transferable skills. What are you actually like doing? What are you good at? What work doesn't feel like work? What would you do? You know, even if you know, the pay wasn't there, whatever, what are you naturally good at? What lights you up? So that's, that's awesome. Right. So what was it about SoulCycle that you loved? Because I know oh. you were a rider. Yeah, that's- I was a big rider. I was, yes, I was a rider. And it's interesting, you know, I've often said that SoulCycle, one of our superpowers is our community, but you might detect that I'm British. You know, British people are not <laughs> the friendliest people in the world. Um but I felt a very powerful connection to this community, even though I wasn't an active participant in it. You know, I, many of our riders will say, I met my partner at Seoul. I've met my best friend. Soul Cycle's got me through the hardest times in my life. It's got me through the most joyful times in my life. I, I was never active in as much as my, all of my friends were not Soul Cycle riders, mm-hmm. but I felt connected to something bigger than me. And that was extraordinarily powerful. Yeah. Um, I'm really into fitness, and guess what? Soul Cycle is a pretty phenomenal workout. I used to be a marathon runner. I don't run marathons anymore, but I discovered, you know, Soul Cycle, and it's just phenomenal fun, a great workout, and this sense of being connected to something was very powerful. And for me, in my personal experience, perhaps being a transplant to America, it it kind of gave me a, a ready-made group of like-minded individuals and that was the strength of the community that I felt connected to mm-hmm. so I was a big soul cycler and uh I loved it then I, as much as I love it now even, even though we've been through these quite turbulent times with this yes. thing called the pandemic but <laughs> right. thankfully and you came in right in the middle right yeah it, what, I mean was... I was clearly mad yeah. as a box of frogs like I really I love a challenge I was ready for a change I'd hit 50 right and I thought mm-hmm. oh okay it's time for me to do something else um, but yeah, I, I, I joined in December of 2020. Yeah. Uh, what I thought at the time was the end of the pandemic. Right. Really what you and I have since discovered is we were still pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic. Right, right. Point. Oh my gosh. I know. I remember um, it was the summer of 2020. And in Texas, we were closed down for a couple of months and yeah. we we're starting to go back. But I, I want to say it was May and I was ordering a mask online. Like I succumbed to the fabric masks and it was not going to get here until August. So maybe call it Texas naivety, but I was like, August, oh, I won't need this by then. You know, fast forward a couple of exactly. years. So, so you come in with this plan and I will interject and say, Evelyn is an Enneagram 8. I was sensing original Enneagram 1 energy, which 8s and 1s are very similar with um, this impact, right? You come in, you're like, I want to create change. I see the potential. I want to maximize what I can do here. I want to be influential here. Use my superpowers matched with SoulCycle superpowers, and we can create something just so beautiful, you know? That's right. And I've loved uh, working with you. Um, I think you're doing a great job, just to interject my personal opinion. Thank you. That means a lot. Good, good. Um, So when you get there right you're how quickly did it realize how quickly did it take you you know to realize oh this pandemic isn't going anywhere because i know new york too was very different than texas we'll say that but yeah well quite quite quickly i mean so so uh probably six months which i know sounds like a ridiculously long time but i remember having my very first board meeting 
in about the February. So I started in December. I think in February I had my first board meeting at which I presented a whole strategic plan for growth. Like these are the pillars for growth. We've got to double down on our instructors, those incredibly talented um, rock stars who make people feel things really. I mean, feelings are powerful things for when, when it comes to managing brands. So it's like, how are we going to harness the power of that feeling in the room coupled with this tremendous hospitality uh, upon which SoulCycle has built its reputation. Oh, we're going to get off the bat. We're going to do this on the bike. We're going to expand internationally. We're going to open all these studios. Then we're going to get off the bike. We're going to lean into the soul of SoulCycle. Oh, I was very excited. <laughs> so that was in February. So I'd been here for like two and a half months. And by the next board meeting, three months later, I was like going, oh, hang on. Uh, this thing is not going away. We were opening and closing studios we were outside we were inside we were moving from rooftops to car parking garages we were having distant not, not in every territory of course in some territories it was as if there weren't a pandemic at all but in other territories we were like six feet of distance with a mask without a mask right and then things and kept changing too it was all this change all the time and and what's really interesting i mean i remember doing all hands at, at soul cycle you know within my first six months and Look, I've been a CEO for a really long time, right? Like, and one of the things that that you that you, that, that I perhaps had grown accustomed to is I've all, I've always got a, a relatively good idea of both the uh, the direction of travel and the time it's going to take to get there, and how you galvanise teams and to, to make it happen. And I went from being uber confident, like over the next three months, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to open all of our studios and there will be no social distancing and we will all be riding without masks to, to much more of a, I hope, I hope that this is the end. I hope that this is, we can see blue sky on the horizon. Mm -hmm. We're coming out of this, we're emerging. And then of course we kept on getting hit by more variants. So it was a, a humbling, uh, experience for me to go through as a CEO after, you know, um, hopefully managing businesses with quite a lot of certainty over the last like 20 years of my life to actually not knowing all the answers and having to feel my way through it, whilst at the same time leading, you know, over a thousand teammates who were looking for answers, looking for certainty at a time in my life that I had never experienced before where I could not give certainty mm -hmm. and so i learned a lot about myself i think as colleagues we learned a lot about each other during that period yeah what did you what did you learn about yourself what are some highlights of like oh yeah I, I remember that lesson or memory <laughs> that one sticks just, out. So, so i learned the power of saying i don't know mm. Mm, okay that's a good one because that's a hard one yeah it really is hard particularly when you think i ought to know Going back to this point about imposter syndrome or, or self-doubt, of course everybody has doubts at points in their life, their career. I, I, and that's why I, I laugh and say everybody feels that way at some point. Yeah. Um, you, you rather hope with experience uh, that the, those moments of self-doubt self diminish. And of course what happened, I, you know, perhaps, perhaps I was arrogant. Perhaps I thought I ought to have the answers because I'm the CEO, surely to goodness, the CEO should have all answers to all questions. Mm -hmm. And that was very naive and a little bit arrogant because of course, how on earth could I possibly have all the answers? And so the biggest discovery was one, oh shit, I don't have all the answers. And two, 
you know what? My colleagues, uh, our community, our soul community, were very supportive and forgiving. It's like, okay, but we're going to figure this out together mm-hmm. and we're going to make the right decisions together. And okay, maybe if we make a decision, we ultimately find it wasn't quite the right decision. Uh, we'll figure it out together. And, and so it was, a, it, it was a somewhat difficult lesson to learn at the time. But, but actually, I feel as if I, I, I learned a lot from that and I will be forever grateful for mm-hmm. those lessons. Yeah, the, the I don't know. I think whether, you know, you're a leader somewhere or, or trying to make a change, right? Or navigating a pandemic that has never happened before. It's like the world doesn't know the answers, but I still feel like I should have the answers for this. That's right. You know, it's my it's my job. I I, I have to say one thing that has always that that has often struck me over the over the years of my career is I, I feel I'm here to serve, right? I, I'm here to serve my colleagues at Soulcycle. I'm here to serve the brand. I'm here to serve our investors. I'm here to serve my teammates, my colleagues. And I take that responsibility very, very, very seriously. Um, some might argue too, too, too seriously, too personally sometimes. Um, and so it means that I care deeply about the impact that not only I am having on the organization and on the brand, on the people, um, but also, of course, I care deeply about the impact that Seoul has on our community and on, on the world at, at large. Right. So I, I take that responsibility very seriously. And, and that's something that I I sometimes have to look in the mirror and go, you don't have all the answers. Get over yourself. But we'll figure this out. Uh, be, because we will. Mm-hmm. Because what we do isn't life or death. What we do is we have tremendous impact by touching hearts and minds. And that's really important. And we take it very seriously, but we should never take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that's always important to remember. I, I, I can say that with a very rational, yes, when I'm being very mindful head, <laughs> I can say that. I often yeah. forget in the heat of the moment. Yeah, sometimes when, when shit hits the fan, it's like, oh my gosh, everything's a 10, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. For sure, you know, I mean, just getting caught up in the sauce sometimes, um, of things just have to move very quickly and I have to know all of the answers, but what happens if I don't know? It's like, I don't even take the time to say it to myself. Hey, it's okay. If you don't know, you know, you have to take that moment for yourself. Like your little pep talk in the mirror. You're like, okay, I gotta yes. talk myself up, you know, That's spend right. time with yourself. Right. That's another, I think, component of soul cycle that you can get, uh, you know, anywhere, but that's what makes SoulCycle so special because it encourages you, even though you're in a room full of 60, 70 people, you know, all doing the same thing, you're right next to somebody, but it's just inspires this introspective moment of self, right? And yes. I think that's what really impacts people. That's and right. they can walk away from it, man, like, I don't know what that was, but it felt so good. It's like you're that's, I mean, we walk, exactly. I remember, and it still happens to me now, I walk out the studio and I feel this, Oh, strength, just this strength to take on the world. I will tell you something else, which is, uh, it's a wonderful part of SoulCycle, but it also happens outside of SoulCycle, which is when you take a moment to reflect, whether you're looking at yourself in the mirror, giving yourself a bit of a talking to, going, come on, we can do this. I will tell you the vast majority of times, you, you will find the answer 
it's perspective. It, it's the not seeing the wood for the trees. It, it's like mm-hmm. all, everything that's going on, the tension that you feel when you are under pressure or in a moment of stress, sometimes the answer is right there in front of you. You just need to give yourself perspective. And so sometimes when I when I use this phrase, oh, I look in the mirror and kind of give myself talking to, I, I might be giving myself a talking to, I might also be, just be taking a breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking a moment to reflect. And once you've taken that moment, your common sense kicks in and, and answers start to present themselves. Yeah, no, that's that's powerful. That space you create for yourself. I guess the, kind of the theme I'm hearing is like coming back to self because you are mind it's not self, but you can get kind of stuck in there and then it goes all these different ways. Like, oh my God, this, 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 this. And then you overthink all these different aspects and you imagine all these different scenarios and all these different opinions and thoughts. um, That's right. You know, and and half the time they're not even real, but, and that fuels that self doubt because all these potential things that could happen. That's right. Versus coming back to yourself, pausing, I love that you said pause, take a moment. What is my perspective of myself right now? What do I know about myself to be true? You know? So when the pandemic didn't end, right, (laughs) Um, for a while, what did you know about yourself to be true in that moment? Oh, I'm very resilient, Uh, an eternal optimist, so e- even though it ca- every twist and turn, it became apparent that the, the pandemic was not behind us. I was optimistic about the potential. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we can even though we've got six feet of distancing, we can still open and operate our studios. We can still bring our community together. We can open more studios outside. Yes, it's not ideal that we're in a garage, but isn't it better that we're together rather than being isolated in our mm-hmm. own homes? from the comfort of our own homes rather than on a rooftop in a car parking garage or something. So I'm resilient. I've always suspected, look, I worked in media for a long time. This is an industry that's been disrupted for probably the last 25 years. So I I think I brought that skill of resilience with me. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also real strength to being new in in a company or in an industry in as much as there are no sacred... Uh, aspects of what you do or how you operate that you that you are wedded to because I had no history and so of course what I learned in in the moment was I could question and challenge absolutely everything that we do the way that we do it oh how do we do it that way mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes that yielded surprising opportunities that we were that we were able to pursue so um, it's like that fresh perspective yeah. You know, so when yeah. you're if you're new at something, even though really you're taking your transferable skills, putting them into something that you love right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're new to to boutique fitness. And yes. if somebody else is new to something, use it for your advantage, because, again, it's really just about that perspective of, yeah, I'm new. And you can let that fuel your imposter syndrome and self-doubt. Like, oh, I'm new. I'm new to the block. Everybody else has been in this industry or at this table for X amount of months, years, whatever, has this much experience. But when you dial it back, it's like they don't have what I have, which is a new perspective. They don't have, like, I guess kind of realizing nobody else is you. you know? That's right. I mean, it's an incredible advantage not having 
history and experience. I mean, in many ways, you want both, right? That's what you really successful teams are those that have people who are, who are curious and are constantly challenging the status quo. And then you've got a whole bunch of people who are who have that institutional and historical knowledge because you never want to chuck the baby out with the bathwater. You kind of want both. Yeah. And so if you walk into a situation, any situation, career-wise or, other, or, or anything else, where you are feeling somewhat disadvantaged because you don't have certain information or experience, just recognize it for being the advantage that it is. Mm -hmm. And you couple that advantage with other people's advantages. And guess what? That's what makes teams more effective than individual contributions. Right. Yeah, because most of the time people are on some type of team, right? So we go in, we compare ourselves to everybody else sitting at the table, like, oh my gosh, I'm inferior, I'm less than, let me doubt myself. When really, you know, imagine a baseball team, you can't have 12 pitchers, right? You're all bringing something different. So capitalize on, you know, your unique value of, what makes you different and reframing it in your mind of, no, this is not going to hurt me. It's going to help me. It's actually going to help the team because we all offer something different. I'm bringing a different gift to the table. I think that's, that's right. super powerful. So. And it's also recognizing, um, I, I talk a lot about innovation, right? Creativity and innovation. And that's how you unlock the superpower of a brand. Um, and I often say to my colleagues, in this building um you know creativity and innovation isn't the exclusive preserve of the executive leadership team in fact i rather suspect that creativity and innovation is ready and waiting deep in this organization to be unlocked and so i i believe that one of the marks of a great leader is identifying who in this organization or which combination of individuals in this organization should we pull together in order to unleash our full and truest potential. Mm -hmm. it, it shouldn't be within, you know, it shouldn't be our marketing team who are responsible for creativity. It shouldn't be the leadership team that are responsible for innovation. It should be a combination of all skills, all functions at all levels, mm -hmm. because they each bring a very powerful skill set and perspective and together that's what makes us stronger yeah that's interesting that you know so we're getting rid of the you know it's okay to say i don't know we're we're getting rid of this i have to know all the answers but also i have to do this by myself you know um i i realize that i'm part of this team and i'm bringing something new but also looking for something in a team right where you don't have to know all of the answers but i do know where to look for them that's right. You know, that's right. And so we'll get into how you spent your morning. You've been up since the crack of dawn, right? <laughs> Tell us, <laughs> what did you do this morning? <laughs> well, so just so happens, Meg, that I was working in a studio, a studio, one of our studios. So I decided a few weeks ago that I, I should explain this before I, I get into what I'd be doing. Um, when you join SoulCycle, we require pretty much everyone to work a studio shift. So that is, you go into a studio, you might work for two or three hours, you might do an afternoon or a morning, but you understand and appreciate what actually goes on. It's very easy, right, when we're all sitting here in our HQ, very nice offices, we're not actually dealing with the day-to-day -day operations of running what is essentially you know, a real estate, a retail business, right? We've mm -hmm. got all of these physical units. Yeah. And guess what? Things go wrong in those units. Air conditioning stop, stops working or leaks spring and uh, consumers walk in and out. They might be your consumer, might be our riders. They, they might be just 
people that wander along the street. And so we encourage everyone to work at, at least one shift so that they can appreciate what it's like at the pointy end, if you like, of our yeah, business. Yeah. <laughs> I did my studio shift, um, but I did my studio shift when I started when we all of 100% of our studios were closed and we were only operating outside. And mm-hmm. so my experience of Seoul from a studio perspective was, was quite different to what is normal. Right. Like when we're all over. Yeah. And so I, I decided recently I'd love to do a week uh, week in studio. And that's what I'm doing this week. And of course, what I've realized is, uh, well, I'm only two days in. I should say I'm only two days in. Right. It's but, only um, Tuesday. You got the rest of the week to go. <laughs> I will tell you, they work so insanely hard. It's untrue. Um, but I, so I left work. I left. I was working at one studio yesterday and I left at 10 to 9 in the evening quite late for me I'm a bit of an an oldie and I like my sleep yes (laughs) late for me and then I arrived uh, at six o'clock this morning which actually I realized when I arrived I was half an hour early and so I stood outside waiting at the studio but yeah so it was an early it was a late night and it was an early start but it's been uh it's been brilliant I mean how can you possibly understand what our teammates in the studios deal with unless you walk in their shoes mm-hmm. even if it's for a few days so, so that's what I am that's what I'm doing this week but yeah. you have me in the head office because after my shift I came to work <laughs> yeah and then, work. then I went to my other work yes. um yeah so what did you what did you learn I guess so far in your your studio shift journey that I guess what perspective have you gained Oh, that's a really great question. Uh, what perspective? So I had not truly appreciated, um, and, and forget, I'm only two, this is only day two, but I hadn't truly appreciated the variety and complexity of a, a studio operation. Hmm. So it's, it's, I think it, it, it's easy for me to think, perhaps sitting in HQ, oh, all you do, all you do is you open the doors of the studio and we make sure that the schedule runs on time. And and then that's great, isn't it? That's all, it's, it's like, what a dream job. But of course, from being the, hospita- being the hospitality of Soul Cycle, so right. our riders' our experience of Soul, it starts from the minute they step into the studio. So if the studio is clean and tidy and neat and ordered and together, and whether there is something to welcome you and to help you with your shoes and your water and anything else that you might require before you clip in, uh, helping you set up on your bike, uh, 60 people simultaneously wanting shoes, water and help right. with something. They want to move their bike. <laughs> I, I got like locked out of my locker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, then we have 120 people to deal with because you've Crossover. got people walking out of a class and 60 other people walking into a class. And so it's a lot, right? It's really intense. So what I've learned, uh, which um, in my nice little spreadsheet head, because that's the way my brain works, as, as, like a spreadsheet is, it's not evenly balanced throughout the course of a day or a shift. You have these peaks and troughs, and you have quite, you've got an awful lot of work to do, but your work there's, there's work in terms of consumer-facing, rider-facing, and once we've kind of sent them on their merry way or we've shut the door, closed the door on the studio itself, mm-hmm. then we have everything else that needs to be done to make sure that the studio is fit and ready for the next group of riders. So right. it's, it's it, they're quite busy. I, I, and I will say that um, they, they're dealing with uh, 
challenging riders on occasion who you know they've they've paid good money to, to have this phenomenal experience and if it's if it's not perfect they that they're quite vocal about it so right. i experienced that last night as well but yeah there's there's a lot to do there is a lot to do and of course the instru- our instructors uh certainly on, on what i've observed so far they're they really kind of roll, roll their sleeves up and get their hands dirty. And it's like, it's great to see the team. You really see the strength of team when, mm-hmm. when you see the studio in, in full operation, like checking people in, grabbing them water, helping them set up their bikes, getting them the right weights, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, I don't want to do it full time. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a job. That is a, that is a job. There's just always so much to do. I mean, even, even taking the shoes out, spraying them down, velcroing them, matching them together with the size, doing that hundreds of times per day. I'm like, that's got to be a lot. But, um, you know, it's so funny because you even think of imposter syndrome from a rider perspective. You know, I'd be curious to see what the perspective of a new rider is. Um, Because SoulCycle can be very intimidating, you know, and especially there's, you know, Boutique fitness in general, fitness in general, somewhere new, even getting to somewhere new, right? Not knowing where you're going. Um, can, and then you see everybody else there, right? There's so many riders, I feel, that yes. might have that feeling of, I don't belong here, you know? And it's well, hard. yeah, I, I, think you're, I think you're right to, to, that is a real risk. But, you know, we, we work so hard at soul cycle yeah, so to be hard. inclusive I mean, yeah to be inclusive and and you know our instructors the, the way that our instructors talk from the podium the way that we act from the moment you walk through the door mm-hmm. it's like you do you I, I i remember one of our instructors one of our master instructors saying saying to me you know we really believe in you do you and i feel that right recovering from acl surgery i'm now riding pretty much in the saddle yeah i don't feel uncomfortable i don't feel uncomfortable that we're I unwelcome can't. yeah no, never feel excluded. But of course, we don't always get it right. We're not perfect. Um, but we work really, really hard to accommodate, facilitate, you know, whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever your fitness level, whatever you look like, feel like this is this is a place for you. You, you do you. And, and we will continue to invest very heavily in ha- making sure that people feel that this is a place just for them. Yeah. And in fact, when you walk through the doors of every single one of our studios there is a framed kind of manifesto which is the soul sanctuary and, and uh, we, we put those up we, we cr- and created that developed that and put them up in every one of our studios very intentionally uh, to, to signal that, like take the time this is a place for you mm-hmm. whoever you are um, and so I hope I hope our riders understand that yeah with existing news right right and I, I agree it's um I love the inclusivity aspect of it because, I mean, if everybody does truly struggle with self-doubt and imposter syndrome, then that makes us all relatable, right? Of course. I mean, vulnerability is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, look, I, I speak to lots of other um, executives and, you know, I attend conferences and, and I hear this topic of conversation all the time, which is, the showing vulnerability is not a weakness. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think, you know, old school back in the day, you know, you had to be all powerful, know everything. Yeah, have all um, the answers. <laughs> have, all the, have all the answers. Um, you don't. And actually there's real power to vulnerability because people connect with you mm-hmm. and, and they connect with you on a human level. And that is where trust, respect and goodwill 
are, are manifest and then that's when you're in it together and that's when you're a team and teams are really really powerful mm-hmm. really powerful it, it's not ever down to one individual or one group of individuals at the top of the organization it's the power of the collective yeah that, that denotes success right and so you know whether you're a ceo looking for i guess vulnerabilities of the business right um I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I don't have to know all the answers, but I know where to look where I could get some answers. Like, let me utilize my resources, right? That's right. The same thing, the same methodology works in any type of imposter syndrome situation. Take a new rider walking in. I don't know how to clip my shoes in. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, it's okay. You know? We're going to take care oh, of you. Here's some resources. Right. Someone's going to set you up on your bike, right? We're going to, the instructor's going to tell you all about the bike and help you if you need to and, and all of that. Where it's just, you know, just trying something. So if you were to, and this is kind of a stretch, but be curious to know your thoughts. Relate to a new rider walking into Soul Cycle. Take that type of mentality and give them advice. Like the advice that you would give to that person but now put it in a business setting, right? I actually find that quite easy because it's, um, if you don't know, ask. If you don't know, ask. Mm. If you don't know, ask. And and in any situation, I would say, if you don't know, ask. And what I always say frequently in business is, uh, don't bullshit me. Like, if you don't have the answer, don't pretend that you do. Now, if you are a rider walking into our studio and you don't ask, and you kind of bluff your way through and think, I, I, I know what I'm doing. You won't have a comfortable ride and you will not, you will not experience the joy that is soul cycle. So d- d- don't bluff your way through, mm-hmm. ask. At, because, <laughs> I, I, and I will tell you this, right? So I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that I'm about a thousand rides in or not like 900 to a thousand rides. I, you know, a I feel lot like of you rides. would have celebrated your 1000th ride. You know, that's, that's a big milestone. Then I'm approaching. I think I might be. I was going to say, if they miss that, whew. <laughs> oh, we are big. I know we are big on celebration at Soul Cycle. So uh, yeah, I have not yet been celebrated for my thousandth. So yeah, so, but, but I'm up there. Like you know, I've done quite a lot, and I've been riding for a lot of for many years. Like, yeah, seven, eight years, like that. Um, we launched a new class recently. It's called Soul Method, mm-hmm. right? And I, I obviously I, I, I uh, back in the saddle after. I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to go, or I want to experience it. I will tell you, I, I was made to get off my bike, and somebody talked me through from the podium. The instructor talked me through settings. Mm-hmm. What did I learn? That I have been riding my bike entirely incorrectly for the last seven or eight years. Wow! I hadn't been, I hadn't been riding with the seats high enough, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I've enjoyed my almost a thousand rides for the last eight years. I, I, I I've got fit. I've got strong. Um, as a result, it's been wonderful. But just these small changes, because I chose to take a class where you know they, it's, it's a former method, so we're kind of going through in, this, in more detail than mm-hmm. you might otherwise. What, how to set up your bike, how to you know set on your bike, how to ride, where to have your bum in relation to yeah, what like resistance feels like exactly, and, yeah. exactly like what and, and how resistance is your friend. Yes. Uh, I will also say that the uh, cushions for the uh, bike are also your friend. <laughs> yes. Um, use your resources, right? <laughs> Going back to that. <laughs> but it is interesting, isn't it? Like even me, just after a few years and quite a lot of rides, I still had much to learn mm-hmm. about the optimum way for me to sell the bike. And so 
uh, when I say always ask, always if you're a beginner, ask. If you're six months in, ask. Mm-hmm. If you're a year in, ask. If you're eight years in, ask. Right. Where uh, there's more power in knowledge versus, oh, I don't want to ask because they might not think I know what I'm doing or they're going to think that I'm incompetent or whatever it might be. I don't want anyone to know that I don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know? So getting we, I think we are our own worst critics. Aren't yes. We? And, and, and so there's, there's a lot of that like self inner voice playing a role there. Oh, for That's sure. And, and when you think about it, it's what is actually worse? Asking somebody on your team, right? We're part of a team or somebody's here to help you asking, voicing that, and then knowing, and then applying information to be adaptable or yes. just staying in not knowing because I don't want anyone to know I don't know what I'm doing. Like what's worse? You know, if you actually like take it out of your mind, sit, sit it down and look at it side to side, it's like, oh, clearly I would ask for help, you know? That's right. Always Google I think, it. I think it's interesting. I think when there's, I mean, I've experienced this working in the studios, right? There's a lot of people walking into the studios and there's people coming out and we don't have one studio crew member for every single rider. So you may feel, oh, I don't want to bother people. Like we, I think a lot of people feel, oh, I don't want to bother. I don't want to ask. Or there's like, there's, you know, there's several people competing for that individual's time and attention. But um, so look, if you're in a studio at Soul Cycle, that is what we are there for. So please, please, please ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will definitely get to you. And don't feel like you're a bother. You're never a bother. Yeah. I think that same uh, advice would apply to anything, right? There's things that are there for you and use them, you know? Mm-hmm. And yes. and I love that you, um, you know, not only did you do your studio shift, but you spent a couple of months, a good chunk of time going around to different did you hit every studio or every market, I think? I have not covered every single studio to my embarrassment, but I've, I'd say I've done 80% of our studios. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you went around, and what was that experience like? Again, I don't know the answers, but I know where to look. And then when I get there, I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm doing. I'm going to ask, right? I'm, yes. And we, we even sat down in the fall when you were in Houston and just having conversations of just, hey, let's just, let's just talk let's ask questions you know why why do you think it's so hard for people to ask questions well i think it's um i find people find it much easier one-to-one or or Mm one-to-few to ask questions um so what, what do we do at, at Soul Cycle and, and all the companies that I've ever worked at so, uh, is I have a monthly all hands, right? So you, you, you invite everybody to join a call. You very much hope and try for it to be a dialogue. You know, you know, you're sharing information so everybody's aware of what's going on, why it's happening, what the results are. Then, of course, you invite questions. But we have hundreds and hundreds of people on these calls, right? And so do you want to be the one person... Do you want to be the one instructor asking that one question that impacts on you in my, I just got back from Miami, right? So that impacts you in Miami or you in a particular studio in Miami or, or, or do you stay quiet? So I think people feel uncomfortable asking questions for lots of reasons. They don't want to impose, they don't, they don't want to appear as if mm. I don't know the answer. I ought to know. I've been here for a while. I should know the answer to this. I find when I, on, when I visit markets, I get so much out of those market visits. Um, not, I get as much, I hope I get as much out as the teammates that I'm meeting because you just have the opportunity to have a fluid, candid conversation about what's going on. Why do you feel the way that you feel? Oh, I didn't realize you feel felt that way. I didn't realize 
Um, the decision that we made in New York was a terrible decision for you guys in London or you guys in Houston or whomever in San Francisco. So it gives you incredibly powerful perspective. Yeah. And and look, soul's all about human connection, aren't we? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's, I, 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 you know, I, I always do this because I can never. <laughs> yeah, there's never, no, there's no word for it. It's, yes. it's palpable energy, but that's all I could describe it as. It's literally just the soul in soul cycle. That's right. It just what, can't be reproduced anywhere else. That's you know? right. And, and of course, therefore, that manifests itself in, in, in what we do professionally. So when I visit you in Houston or whomever it is that I'm visiting with, just the fact that we have time, you realize, oh, she's a human. She's just like me, mm-hmm. right? She's just regular. Uh, she doesn't have all the answers. She, But she's really committed to and passionate about mm-hmm what soul is, what soul does, and what soul can be in the future. When you realize that, it, it unlocks something. And uh, it unlocks something in me, and I very much hope it unlocks something in the colleagues that I'm meeting with when I spend time yeah. out in the market. It's very important. Yeah, that that is. And, and I loved our visit together. And I think you're right. Uh, I know you're right. In and I love this word that you keep using, it's it's human. It's this human experience. We're in our human experience right now, right? But also realizing that you're a human is sometimes shocking. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not superwoman. I'm not, you know, I can't do it all. Um, but you're also not meant to do it all. So realizing, not just realizing, but also embracing the fact that you're a human. You know, I, I coach yeah. leaders and I, I do not coach businesses. I'm not a business coach. I'm a mm-hmm. human and business coach where it's, you know, we we get, we show up, we walk into the office or wherever we are, and it's like, whoop! I got to put this this hat on and take this one off. Like my human hat comes off, and I have to be this for this. Yes. But it's really there's so much power in just embracing your humanness and seeing people for being humans. It gives you a lot more grace, grace for self and grace for others. You know, and you know the word that hasn't appeared in this conversation, which. Uh which I'm only just now reminded of, but I do. I think I felt as if it was the word of the jour, de jour, but at, what, at some point is authenticity, right? Yeah, yeah. So showing vulnerability, saying, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how long this will last. Uh, that's just being authentic, isn't it? It's just, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the truth. And uh, maybe... That, maybe that's what this is all about, just being your authentic self. Yeah. An authentic leader, that's 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 really powerful. It's not something to be embarrassed about right. or to hide. I think that has there's so much power behind that too in inspiring your team, showing up for your team by allowing yourself to be your authentic human self. You're also showing others, hey, it's okay for you to be your authentic human self and when you spend time with yourself right have this pep talks in the mirror and really pause and sit with yourself you can get this better sense of self right now if you're trying to present that you know all the answers or can't expose weaknesses and it's basically taking you out of yourself so of course you feel like you don't belong here because you don't you're out here versus being back in your body and in your human form and in yourself so that's right you know isolating i i i I, I don't do this right so i i don't and i don't know if it's isolating (laughs) but i rather think if you assert that you know everything and know all the answers that might be quite a lonely place to be yeah 
kind of you, to your point, you're kind of out there on your own at that point, aren't you? So, um, no, I, I I think it's healthier, and I'm certainly happier when I I feel that you know I'm just very comfortable making the decisions that need to be make, made, and they're not always easy or nice decisions to be made. But um, I'm comfortable making them. But I will always. Uh, share the rationale. This is the decision I've made. This is why I've made it. Uh, this is the context in which I've made it. And I'll also always give people the opportunity to say, well, I don't agree with that. Did you think about X? And, and sometimes those uh, challenges have occurred. And as a consequence, we've ch we've changed the decision. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you know, listening and getting feedback from your team is really important. Right. More perspective. You can't manage you can't manage a business through consensus. That's I mean, I will tell you that. Like, if I had to consult with a thousand people every time I wanted to do something, that would not probably be very productive. Yes. But always explaining the why. That was one thing that I heard at Seoul a lot when I first got here. Actually, is oftentimes decisions are made and we don't understand the why. So we've worked really quite hard to explain the why, and uh, it's it's another. Um, aspect of of showing vulnerability or being authentic like this is the logic the rationale that went into making this decision people might not always agree but they understand okay i understand it okay mm -hmm. right i've got it kind of going back to the, it seemed like the best thing at the time that's kind of i feel like was my <laughs> motto my personal motto for those couple years of the pandemic i was like i don't know that yeah. seemed like a good idea at the time but um you know we'll, we'll wrap up with the final question and you know I think it's not a matter of if you make bad decisions, it's just we're humans, right? So it's like accepting the fact that, hey, I will probably not make perfect decisions for the rest of my life. So we're accepting the fact that I will likely make a bad decision. How would you advise someone to come back from that wormhole of imposter syndrome and in self-doubt and anger and self-loathing from making a bad decision? I believe quite firmly that we learn more in life from the mistakes that we make than often what we learn from the successes. Mm -hmm. You learn more about yourself. You learn more about what works. You, you learn much more about the impact that you can have on others. And so when I make mistakes, which I do because I'm human, whether that's professional or personal, I let myself lick my wounds for a short period of time. And then I know that I will never repeat that same mistake because the pain, the discomfort, the impact that that decision has made, you will never want to repeat. Mm -hmm. And so I guess it goes back to where we started. I, I look in the mirror and I give myself <laughs> a talking to. I say, you can wallow for a nanosecond and now you have to learn from it. Now, if I keep on repeating the same mistake over and over again, then then I think there's a different issue. Yeah. Um, but I think I learn, me personally, I, I can only talk for myself, but I have learned more in my life from the mistakes that I've made mm -hmm. rather than the successes that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some mistakes where you're like, oh, I only have to learn that one once. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then and then you have a team of people and mentors and, and everybody else, the trusted advisors who help you with the ones that, hey, you remember you already made that once, but... Um, that's right. That's right. But yeah, it's, I love, and you had said earlier, I'm an eternal optimist, where it's a, that's your wing seven of your Enneagram eight. I'll, we'll go all oh. into it, but um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a seven. So knowing, like thinking like this, this mistake and the knowledge that I've learned and now applying, that's the key word, right? Learning from it. 
is allowing for growth. It's allowing me to, I'm so glad I made a mistake on this little piece. Can you imagine if I hadn't made this mistake on this little thing and hadn't learned the lesson until a much bigger thing, right? So kind of finding gratitude for mistakes, which I think sounds very counterintuitive, but yeah. you know, yeah. it, it does. I think <clears throat> definitely find the lesson and taking time. D don't glide over. Don't, you know, oftentimes it's, it's quite, Ooh, let's pretend that didn't happen and move on. Yeah. Um, I try not pretend it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, look, at my age and point in my career, I, I'm sure I've made lots of mistakes. And one of the tools that I've learned to try and and uh, thwart those mistakes before they happen is I do something called a pre-mortem. It's not a very nice term. And I'm, I'm sure I, I should come up with a much nicer one. But a pre-mortem in business or not in business, in my personal life, I, I try and think multiple steps or multiple months or multiple years ahead. And okay. Let's assume this has been a terrible decision and a terrible thing that we do. What were the things about this that could have gone wrong? And I call it a pre-mortem because if you anticipate what could go wrong in whatever it is your endeavor is, mm -hmm. then it helps somewhat to thwart, avoid yeah. those, things, those things happening. Plan so, for the hurdles. For sure. Time for the hurdles. So, so my team hear me say that. Let's do a pre-mortem on that um, <laughs> because I'm always trying to anticipate before we launch into something that has impact. Like Soul Cycle is a very large company. We employ a lot of people. Um, the things that we do impact both our teammates, our colleagues across the organization, impacts our community, our, our wider community, our riders. Mm -hmm. I'm very thoughtful in the decisions that we make and how they are going to impact both our riders and yeah, all the ripple so. effect of everybody yeah. involved. And that can be a lot of exactly. people sometimes. So, exactly. Yeah, plan for the hurdles. I love that. The pre-mortem, right? Yeah. No, right? A, yes, that's right. Well, because normally we do a post-mortem when yeah. somebody's dead, which is why it's an awful phrase. And I really ought to come up with a nicer one. But yeah, pre-mortem, not post-mortem. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then learning from the lessons is, is huge. Instead of pretending like they... Pretending like didn't it didn't happen is not going to allow you to grow from it. So let's <laughs> let's not um, pretend it didn't happen. So, well, thank you so much for for having this conversation with me. This was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. Thank I you did too. Um, I'm gonna obviously link SoulCycle. Um, where else can people? I mean, I'm not asking people to follow you to your studio shifts, you know, or yeah. sit next to you in class. But um, <laughs> where can people find you? LinkedIn. I know you're on there. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. Nobody mm -hmm. can find me on Instagram or TikTok. I don't. I, I'm not there. You're not doing uh, the tr the dancing trends on TikTok. <laughs> no, I know that's a, probably a shock and a surprise to you, but no, I'm not. But you can always find me in a Soul Cycle studio. And sometimes I have riders who reach out and say, oh, I saw you in class, but I didn't want to, you know, overstep. And I say, you can't overstep. Like, th 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 this is the wonderful thing about Soul Cycle, right? It's a great leveler. We're, we're all there for exactly the same reason. Right. And so uh, if you ever see me in the studio, please pop by and say, say hi. hi. You'll, be, um, you'll be in the saddle for a little while because of the ACL. Uh, I did. Yeah. What, what happened there? I have to ask. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, okay, so so we've just talked about authenticity <laughs> and vulnerability. Yeah, right. so I'm very mindful of that. I, I will say this: dancing and very very high heels were involved in Ooh, that yeah. uh, situation. The you know what 
the clip-in shoes are just the safest. You know, <laughs> clip into a bike, the bike doesn't move. You can't, you know, there's just... No danger. Yeah, exactly. there's no danger. So yeah. we'll leave I should heed. I should heed my own advice. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, <right>. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you'll be back, you know, you'll be back doing some body rolls, some tap backs, you know, Before sooner you than know you it. know. So Well, I will tell you, SoulCycle is great rehabilitation. My surgeon told me so. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, you know what? I didn't know this until today, but we are alike in that. I was also a marathon runner. I injured my knee and my oh. physical therapist told me, this is in 2012, told me to get on a bike. And as a runner, you're like, ew, cyclist, oh, the worst. <laughs> and so I did it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much better than running. And I never, I never turned back. It's, so. it's bonkers. It's bonkers. And what I mean, of course, you would expect me to give a plug for SoulCycle because I, I love SoulCycle. It's my joy, right? But um, I tried... Uh, stationary bikes of other uh, sorts um, and what I realized is oh it's not it's not, it's not spinning that's my cup of tea it's soul cycle that's yeah. my cup of tea so it's a very very unique experience and I often say the magic of soul cycle is you will not work quite so hard in any other workout mm -hmm. the magic of soul is you feel as if you've just been dancing yes and then, without and the done. without the high heels <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that without the high heels, which means it's a very safe pursuit. Very safe, very safe. You know, yes. I've never, I've never seen anybody, um, you know, clip heels into the bike. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> and, and I agree with you. It's just this crazy sense of self that you just can't get anywhere else. And this like-minded collective energy—it's just, it's simply magical. So, um, that's it what is. drew me to it. So. Amazing. Me too. Me too. But, well, thank you so much. We'll, um, we'll definitely uh, link your LinkedIn. People can find you uh, on there or say hi to Evelyn in the class if you see her. Um, yeah. And if you see her dancing in high heels, just tell her, tell her doctor, call, call her, you know, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to tattletale on you. But um, do you remember your lines for the, I do. for the, okay, I do. you wrote them down. I do. Yeah, <laughs> right. I wrote them down. Awesome. Well, if we could leave you with just one thing, it would be this. Expect, Expect good, good things, things always. always. Oh, I, like, I like the drama there. And they yeah. will always happen. And they will always happen. Yes, this is perfect. <laughs> you nailed it. You could be a soul cycle instructor, you know? <laughs> well, thank so. you so much. Um, I hope to thank be in New York soon. Enjoy your studio shifts for the rest of the week. Thank and you so thank you all for tuning in. This was uh, wonderful. And we'll see you next time.